You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, what's happening on a Thursday? Big one tonight in the NFL. Some could say the biggest. Oh, there's that stitched up nose. Yeah, super oh, glued nose. nose. Super glued nose. There you go. Healing nicely. It is healing nicely. I, I couldn't I see that on the video feeds. Well, that's because I was over here. Because yeah. like, that camera was up there, you know. So yeah, it's healing nicely. We were shooting though, from his good side. Ah, good that side. Is, yeah. come on, man. I have two good sides. It's pretty good. Hey, Jaguars and Steelers week <laughs> continues. We got a big game in the NFL tonight. It actually might be like uh, you know, sometimes you get uh, I guess Chiefs Ravens on paper was supposed to be like a star-studded game, right? Mahomes sure. and Lamar Jackson. Well, tonight you got a ton of stars, especially coming off last week mm-hmm. in this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Metcalf as as big of a star as he is mm-hmm. for Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously you got Wilson and and Amari and Hopkins might be the best in the game. Although I don't really think is he having like that great of a season. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't call him having like the best you know season of a wide receiver per se, but he's still having a pretty good year. Yeah, I mean, obviously know? he had the big play last week, and yeah. he's had some moments. But I felt earlier in the year they were targeting him like 14 times, and then I looked sure. back like the last few weeks, and it's like not nearly as many targets. No, not, now all of a sudden it's Christian Kirk a little bit. It's Andy yeah. Isabella. They're targeting other guys, which, I mean, let's be honest, it's probably for the best, though, because you don't want to single on one guy. Yeah, Kirk has come on. Oh, yeah. It's taken a couple of years, but now this he's is kind of, yeah, this is the year that, that he's come on a bit. So mm-hmm. good game in the NFL tonight. Talk some Steelers, talk some Jags. Uh, as it relates to some of the history between the two, the wall that says it all. Hey, listen, I even offered up Kyle Murray today on the Hail, Ma- the Hail Mary. Well, how ironic is it that the guy that said he's tired of talking about Kyle Murray want to do the wall that says it all today about Kyle Murray? I, I don't know if I wanted to. I just know what people are talking about. I got you. Uh, it's not about me. Yeah. And, you know, and, I mean, know, and I'll tell you who it's I talk about wrestling it sometimes on me, this show. And, but it's not about you, Brent, but it's about me, man. When the wallet says it all, and I didn't, I feel like that that Kyler Murray played to DeAndre Hopkins, I couldn't do it justice because some people have broken it down already. And you know, they actually use the video. All we got is the screen caps. So I was gonna save that for you know the the experts. Let's just say, not say I'm not an expert, but they have the video. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, NBA draft last night. I've got a couple of things about the NBA draft. I don't want to get onto it yet. Did you watch it? A little bit. Yeah. I. Is there a point to watch it? Top three. No, no that was but, done. But I, my, my I actually wanted to see Woj. where Obi went. Oh, for real? Yeah. I got you. Which I'm obviously saying from Woj. What's the point of watching when Woj is like four picks ahead of the actual? Well, draft? you can't obviously do both. But the NFL's like that too. That's. Yeah. I mean, I know there's Woj bombs, but the NFL drafts like that too. Shepter does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it just depends where you want to view it. I just thought. I thought the actual broadcast part was a little bit boring. I don't know if that's because of the Zoom stuff. 
It had yeah. a little bit of a feel of the NFL draft where everybody's backgrounds of all the stuff that's ever gone wrong in their life. Oh, of course, man. You know, that's, right? the, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, so that is obviously this thing. I mean, there's a story to everything. So, yeah. you know, for me as like a casual NBA, I haven't really followed the draft process. Mm-hmm. And so to hear some of those stories that is kind of new and fresh <laughs> yeah. in the NFL, you kind of hear more of it. Sure. I thought the whole thing was real interesting thing about the NBA draft is because we did not have March Madness, I said this yesterday, but you don't really, you kind of like, oh, that's that guy. That's that. You always have some guys that you have no idea who they are because they're from France or, or wherever else, but yep. usually, you know, the college guys, the big names or even from the smaller schools, but the names that are going to be there, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember him, you know, because we just didn't have the tournament, and that's where our recollection comes from. Teams had a lot of that, too. I was listening to the, the draft coverage on ESPN 690 when I was driving home, and they were saying, I forget if it was Edwards or who it was, but essentially NBA teams had a three-game sample size of one of the top. I forget which top three player they were t- talking about. Obviously, Ball played overseas, so again. It was the cat from Memphis. Was it Memphis? We played in three games. Yeah, so you yeah. got three. Oh, yeah, wise. Yeah. You have a three-game sample size to then decide if this kid is ready to play in the NBA. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very good point. You know, it's uh, and so, so some of that was there. I, I so my two questions. I want you to think about this. We're not going to get into it right now. I actually did some research on this one. Okay. Um, second round draft in the NFL. <laughs> I'll go find you stud after stud after stud after stud. Second round draft in Major League Baseball. Same thing. I'll go find you Hall of Famers. Yeah. Second round draft in the NBA. It's hard to find guys that were picked in the second round that are studs. I'm not, you're going to sit there and I'm going to go through names and be like, oh yeah, but Brent, I mean, he's playing 20 minutes a game and getting nine points. And no, I'm talking about like stud players in the second round. Mm-hmm. Talk about like the 40th pick overall. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the 40th pick overall doesn't make it two years in the NBA. Yeah. It's a wild thing in the NBA. And, um, I, I think it's kind of odd. Or they just know the process so well. They know what fits. It's easy. Is it easier to judge talent mm-hmm. and know what fits in the NBA? I think it's a fascinating part of it. The other thing is Anthony Edwards, good for him, you know, uh, highest draft pick ever from Georgia. And I think this is a little bit a part of why maybe the draft was a had a had a snooze fest kind of feel. When was the last time we had a guy drafted number one overall with this little fanfare? Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, he really he plays for Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's not Georgia football. He plays yeah. for Georgia basketball. I mean, yeah. that's like you could get more attention playing for Wichita State and Butler sure. than you play for Georgia basketball. Yeah. So uh, I think that had a little bit like I'm trying to go back and I think there is a name or two that might rival that mm-hmm. uh, him as being the number one overall pick, but really wasn't like the talker. I mean, yeah. If, if, even Obi was more of a talker than Anthony Edwards, kind of like, where is he going to go, right? Yeah. And if the Knicks were going to get him, then he was the best player for my money in college basketball last year. Yeah. It must have been rough being a bunch of those draft picks and waiting. Because, like, for instance, with Edwards, like, they kept been saying, well, does he want to, does he love the game of basketball? Does he even want to play in the NBA? Like, dude, you're sitting there, like, grill, it's supposed to be, like, the, the best night of his life, and he's going number one, and you keep on ripping him. Like, you imagine, like, him and his family watching this, and it's like, you're going number one, but it's like almost like you're roast as well from the NBA experts. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So we'll talk about it. Uh, who got better? Who the you know what are the big storylines coming out? The big storyline in the NBA right now is Clay Thompson. Yeah. I mean, how about that? That's just so unfortunate. We've seen some really big injuries uh, this year, and I, I just 
I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, it's a pandemic driven. It's all that. I just think it's bad luck and some big time injuries, mm-hmm. especially lower leg injuries. Now, this is an Achilles, so it has, not, it hasn't happened before, but going off an ACL to an Achilles, holy cats, man. Yeah. Those are two gruesome, like in terms of rehab injuries now for Clay Thompson. And he's going to miss essentially by the time he gets back, he'll have missed two seasons. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a case of bad luck to call it what you want it, but you're obviously your heart goes out to Clay Thompson. Now it's not to say that the Warriors and then their title hopes are, are dashed because I still think they have the talent to compete, but obviously, you know, the, the splash brothers, I mean, he was, he was one of the splash brothers. Like he was a, a big part of that team, not only on the offensive end, but also on the defensive side of the ball as well. So that's a huge loss for the Warriors once again this year. And uh, how about the story on Florida State football? Did mm-hmm. you see that? Did you? Read? It's a long one now. Yeah. It took me about four hours to read it in between <laughs> phone calls and, and other things. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a fascinating read, and we'll talk more about Florida State. And, and we will talk about Florida State, by the way, in terms of basketball. They land two of the top 11 picks in the draft. It's unbelievable what he's done. And we've talked about it numerous times. But, again, right now it's a basketball school. I mean, it just is. Everybody's looking forward to basketball season, not looking forward to they're looking forward to this football season ending. Mm-hmm. And I just thought there were some key points in that article that said a lot about Florida State, um, said a lot about struggling programs. And I wonder if it even translates up here mm-hmm. at the NFL level. I know college football and NFL football are totally different, but I wonder if it translates to some of the things that we've said. Uh, not, I mean, not to say the scathing stuff that's gone, that went on there has happened here, but there, are, are there some similarities? Um, there was one part of the article I was like, hmm, I wonder if that kind of sounds familiar. You know, some of the things that we've talked about, you know, Florida State, the question will be is how long are they going to be in this lull? When will they come out of it? Mm-hmm. When will they get back? I mean, Florida State's going to be back. You know, everybody asks the question about Miami. Will they be back? The problem with Miami being back is they were allowed to do things and have an image like, you know, Miami for this bad boy image. Sure. Nobody wants that anymore. Yeah. Like nobody would sign up for that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to win and all that, but they wouldn't do and get the players and allow the players to be who they are and act the way they were. Nowadays, they just wouldn't get away with it. Nobody would sign. Nobody sign off on that. Mm-hmm. So if you like everybody who always says, is the you going to be back? Are they ever going to be back? Well, they'll never be back like that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they can't win, though. Get the right guy there. It's still a hotbed of talent. Mm-hmm. But there are some other circumstances, like dollars and other things, that make it tough for Miami to come back. Florida State, they don't have the bad boy image. I mean, they, you know, they've had some, like, bad boy kind of guys at, at time from yeah, time. Yeah, there's but been some discrepancies. They don't have that kind of image, though, overall. I mean, they have a big enough brand where they will be back, but they mm-hmm. got to get it right. No, without a doubt. And it's funny, though, too, because... When you think of successful football programs, whether it's the pros or in college, you always think, well, this team must be disciplined. You know, uh, the the culture must be in place not only on the field, but off the field as well. And if you read that article a little bit, you found out it was kind of like the Wild West in Florida State. It was definitely the Wild West in terms of Miami. And it's, it's just surprising how you can let guys get away with so much off the field. But then on the field, they're so successful. You know, I mean, I mean, then listen, it's, it's just maybe times are different. I mean, especially Miami, man. Like, listen, Miami was like the Wild West days, right? They weren't the only school that was doing that stuff. No. Now, maybe not to the extent that Miami was doing it, but there are other schools that were falling in line with that as well. But with the whole Jimbo Fisher, Florida State era, you kind of got that vibe a little bit as well. I'm not going to assume everybody read the article, but there'll be a lot of people that say today, hey, we knew all that stuff. Okay, well, why didn't you publish it? 
7,000-page article if you knew it. I mean, oh, it's, it's a lot to write, there was a lot of rumors that have gone around about Florida State. Here's the thing that gets me a little bit about the story. I really have always blamed Jimbo Fisher for kind of the dismantling of it. Mm. That's been my view. I, I think he kind of led them down this road. I probably owe Jimbo a bit of an apology coming off at least that article. Mm. Because to yeah. me, I mean, it's not not to say it wasn't some of Jimbo, um, but – I don't think it was all Jimbo. I think it was a lot on the higher ups, and obviously they the, the the way they are structured at Florida State, it created a bad rift between all. And and I don't think this is. I never thought it was all on Jimbo Fisher, but I did put a lot of the blame on Jimbo Fisher. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. and that's not the way it comes across in that article. I think if you dig a little deeper and look under the hood, like they did, I think you find out that there were some other underlying issues, and uh, you know. You never know exactly the facts of who's doing what. And sure, there are different uh, contradicting uh, statements, but it wasn't all Jimbo. That was my takeaway from the article. They had a, they had some issues there. And um, I think I still will say this. It's a, it's a, people kind of roll their eyes when I say this. I think Norvell's kind of the right guy. I really do. I think he's the right guy to fix it and change it. I just think it's going to take time. And, and toward the end of that article, when you get a chance to read it, they basically ask, like, will Florida State fan give them time? I mean, it might take a good four years to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, it might take that much time. And when you win, like, you might win two games this year. Will people get fed up with it? Well, here's the bottom line. The, the fan might not have a choice. The fan might have to sit through it anyway because I'm not sure how much money they have to be able to dig out another you no, know, mistake sure. at, at head coach. I mean, they might have to give Norvell that much time just from a dollar standpoint yeah. to not go back to the bank. Yeah. Listen, if you read the article, props to you because it was like reading Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. It was that long. By the way, it was best Harry Potter one all time. Azkaban. Um, it is. Come on, man. I guess. I mean, I only read the first four, so I don't know I about like other the other ones. I like the sixth one, but that's what, what is that one called? I forget. Okay, yeah, <laughs> of course you do. With that being said, though, a little Cliff Notes version of what I read, at least, was the fact that, listen... Jimbo Fisher, to me, had a lot to do with it, right? Because he let the kind of players monitor themselves, and when you're in college, you can't do that. But also, it seemed like the boosters or or whoever, like, the top guys were at that program, um, they didn't want to buy into the football program, like, for whatever reason, which is crazy to me because, like, you, you have to be blind to understand that if you invest in the football program, you should get money back from that football program, right? Like, they invest a lot of money in Alabama. You know why they invest money in Alabama? Because you get dividends back. You get returns back because of all the championships that they win. So I was a little surprised to see, like, you know, in terms of the facilities and, and stuff like that, like, they don't invest in it. Now, I'm not sure what the facility looks like. Like, they made it sound like it was, like, my high school facility. Nah, you know I mean? Well, actually, the last couple of years now, they've yeah. put a lot of uh, money into it. Yeah. It's a good enough facility. Yeah, but, like, just you get the sense that – just football's not a top priority at Florida State, for whatever reason, in terms of spending money. Well, here's the thing, though. See, I don't know if this is a Florida State problem as much. Really, what they made the great point of, it's just not old enough. It's a lot like the Jags. Like, the Jags are 26 years old. It, have they gone through enough downs and ups and, and whatever? I mean, some of these organizations that took a long time to win were around 40 years before they started to win. See the New England Patriots. See the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know? Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight, but you can't, you gotta wait. You can't wait. Or you can't buy more time, you know? I mean, you gotta wait yeah. it out. And so Florida State, when they were in their heyday, you know, a lot of those guys are still right now in their, in their what, 40s, and they don't have millions. Maybe by the time they hit their 60s and 70s, they will, and they'll be able to support. That was one of the uh, tones of the article. But I, I want to ask this question, too, and this is what I've, I've thought a little bit about college football. When are they going to overprice things and, and overprice people out? And I think it's ha- it happened to Miami. 
Mm. Miami couldn't raise the dollars that it needed to keep up with everybody else. And it's happening and kind of has happened a little bit at Florida State as well, where you got to keep up with Clemson and Alabama and Florida, and, and you're just not rolling in that kind of dough. And to keep up with the Joneses, you got to build these $100 million facilities. And it, it, it hurts a couple of your biggest brands in college football. And I think over the years it hurt Miami. And I think right now we're seeing that it's, that it hurt Florida State a little bit too. Can they dig out of it? Uh, can they recover from it? Uh, we'll talk a little bit more, uh, about it. Yeah, and I just think, you know, you mentioned the the thing about Florida State fans, I know, is you maybe have to be patient, right? Like you have to make sure, like, Norvell's going to be the guy. And if he is, you got to be patient with it. The, the problem with that, though, is that we've seen time and time again where new guys come in, whether it's head coaches or guys that have been promoted, you know, in the ranks, and they can turn it around. You know, like I'm reminded like Pat Fitzgerald. Like there was a time Northwestern was the biggest joke of a college football program. No one went to school uh, to play, you know, no one went to Northwestern to play football, okay? And they were the laughing stock of the Big Ten. Well, Pat Fitzgerald comes in. Now, the first year, yeah, they had a couple problems. The second year, you know, they got a little better. But the third year, I think he had a winning record. And, like, that was unheard of at the time in Northwestern. And now Northwestern, let's be honest, I mean, they're not the top of the Big Ten, but they're respectable. You know, I mean, you got to bring your mind your P's and Q's when you play them. And that's a testament to Pat Fitzgerald. So I'm just saying with Mike Norvell, yeah, you might have a couple years to make this thing work. But people are tired of waiting, right? yeah. and people are growing impatient, and to me, you got to win right now. The difference between what you just said, though, is at Northwestern, if you go 7-4, and four, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. If you go 7-4 and four at Florida State, it's not. It's not acceptable. There's yeah, a different launching pad. And true. so, like, I bring a, I actually think the better parallel is the team that's now whooping up and will this weekend on Florida State. And that's Clemson. Now, Clemson didn't have the rich history, like the immediate history. You know, you gotta go all the way back to the early 80s for Clemson football to be mm-hmm. relevant. And obviously they won national championship back then. But, you know, when Dabble Swinney got there, here's what he did. Four and three, nine and five, six and seven his first three years. Mm-hmm. Eh, nine and five's okay, right? Went to the Music City Bowl. They lost in the Gator Bowl here. Went to the Meineke Car Care Bowl. All yeah. right? That's <laughs> his first three years. Sure. And then in year four, which I always still believe is the turning point. Uh, actually, this one, I don't know which year was the turning. No, the turning point to me was 2013. But in 2011, he went 10 and four. They go to the Orange Bowl. In 2012, 11 and two, Chick-fil-A Bowl. But in 2013, they went to the Orange Bowl again, 11-2, and and they beat Ohio State that year, as I remember it. And that was the time where it was like, oh, okay, he might have turned the corner. Mm-hmm. Well, ever since then, 10-3, and 14-1, 14-1, 12-2, 15-0, 14-1. I think I might have been right. I think it was that win over Ohio State that said, okay, we're on a next level now mm-hmm. in the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. Where That's Ohio State. Clemson just beat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, But it took him four years to get to 10-4. and four. Is Florida State willing – to give Mike Norvell that kind of time and maybe wrestle through this two-win season. Maybe next year it's a six-win season. Maybe the next year it's just a well, listen, seven or eight-win season. They'll take a six-win season next season. They, they, they have to take that. Yeah, I'm talking about can you get can you get past two or three wins? Like that's where we're at right now with this program. Yeah, but still six. I mean, th- this is disgusting. But two and even six wins is not. People lose patience 
at six wins. Uh, just keep in mind, they fired Willie Taggart 21 games in. He had won nine games. Mm. If they won two or three games this year and he wins six games next year, that would be eight or nine wins in two years. Yeah, but keep in mind why they fired Taggart, though, too. It was more, I mean, yeah, the record had something to do with it, but also just what you saw on the field, like with the penalties and guys like getting... I mean, come on. It was a nightmare there when Taggart was there. Yeah, it, uh, there was, it's been a nightmare for at Florida State. That's uh, the, the deep dive from that article today that came out on ESPN.com. Uh, All right, we're going to take a break when we come back we begin with the nfl as always uh pittsburgh steelers jacksonville jaguars coming up on sunday the history says a lot in this game but it also says keep an eye on that number don't pick the steelers to roll should you believe it do you believe it is there a path to victory for the jacksonville jaguars talk a little bit about that in the latest coming out of jags headquarters today action sports jacks on espn 690 Brent Martineau. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I mean, they undefeated for a reason. I go act like I ain't. Like, I've watched tape, but I ain't really, like, got to look into depth. But there's no point in looking into depth when you know there's a team that's going to come ready to play. So I know they're coming ready to play, so I got to come ready to play on my behalf. They're going to do what they have to do, so I'm going to make sure that I'm at the T on what I need to do so that way. Because, like I said, they know. They, I, we obviously know they come to work. I got to come ready for my 9-0 and mentality, I guess I should say. 2-8 and eight yeah. mentality. 2-8 hmm. and eight mentality, man. I wish I was a wide receiver back in the day. Don't have to watch film or anything. Just run your routes, catch the ball. Doesn't matter who's covering you. Sounds like the life. That's Keelan Cole, Jags receiver, full of uh, great sound bites. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we'll get some more of them as we go along. We talked about this the other day. I mean, Keelan Cole, do you want to back? Um, will he come back? I think he'll be a good Guy to bring back. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just going to be a moderate deal. I mean, you're not going to break the bank for him. you got plenty of money. So, I mean, it's a deal that even if it doesn't work out, it's like, okay, it's fine. I mean, it's just one of those deals that doesn't work out. So uh, I'd be surprised, quite frankly, if they didn't bring him back. I mean, why not? Uh, to add to at least the depth in that room and give you a little bit of mix of young guy versus now veteran. He'd be going in year five of, of his NFL career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll see what they do. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, Austin Lane. Coos along on a Thursday. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we'll get into uh, some college football, college basketball. Well, not college basketball, but NBA talk from the draft last night uh, coming up in uh, just a bit. Davis Love third scheduled to join us, too, on the show today uh, up at the RSM Classic that started round one up there in Sea Island. So he'll pop in for a moment. Uh, as well as we've got kind of a local golf tournament going on the PGA Tour just up the road across the border um, amidst uh, COVID-19. Jaguars and Steelers, we've kind of talked a little bit about it this week. I mean, the storylines are are right there. Uh, How vaunted is this defense for the Steelers? The Jaguars obviously are on high alert because it's a good front uh, they'll get after you. They've replaced and replenished in a lot of different areas. They've got some of the old guards still there. They got guys like Tyson Alualu coming back and, and playing maybe the best football of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the Jaguars going to be able to do anything, move the football? This might be the, this is definitely the hardest test for Jake Luton in his third start. Without a doubt. I mean, this, uh, the Steelers team takes pride in stopping the run, first of all. 
Um, second of all, as we broke down, I think it was yesterday we broke down how they have three guys right now, um, you know, on their defensive line slash edge that are in the top 11 in terms of sacks right now. Three guys. That's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, like, that's I mean, crazy. That's, uh, that's very rare. So the, obviously the guy after the quarterback, um, that three four defense that they run right that they have blitzes and things like that, so you can throw a bunch of confusion at the quarterback. And, and let's be honest. I mean, if you're Jake Luton right now, like you have the comfort of playing at your own home, so that's nice. But you're facing a, a Steelers defense where literally at all levels they're pretty sound and they're disciplined as well. Um, you know, and you got TJ Watt coming off. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of guys that you have to be mindful of. And it's going to be probably the toughest challenge so far for that Jaguars offensive line, that offense in general. Yeah. Well, on top of that, that means James Robinson has to kind of deliver for you, you know, and you said it. They're good against the run. They'll stop the run. They'll try to figure out, you know, how to do that and then make Luton beat. I mean, that's the way to beat the Jags right now. I mean, stop James Robinson and then you're going to have a, Guy playing his third NFL game, yep. sixth round pick. Uh, go ahead, try to beat us. That's the way it's going to happen. So, uh, but I think it's a big game for James Robinson. You know, and it, and it could be. Listen, there's been guys, Leonard Fournette back in seventeen. Obviously, Maurice Jones, Drew, and Fred Taylor have had their share of games. Sure. And maybe James Robinson. Maybe it's his turn. I mean, it doesn't matter how good their defenses have been over the years. Jacksonville Jaguars have run good mm-hmm. and run well and had some big time performances against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But James Robinson, I don't know if he has to have a big time. I'm not talking Dalvin Cook 200-yard game. Yeah. But I just think he has to have a steady game and give them at least that threat. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have it just to be able to compete against the Steelers team, I feel like. Because, I mean, it's pretty obvious what they want to do in Pittsburgh. Like, they still want to pound the rock with James Conner. But all due respect to James Conner, like, he, he hasn't really... He hasn't had that great year like he's had the, the past couple years. You know, even last year he kind of fell off a little bit as well. Like this, this Steelers team, while they can say they're trying to out physically you in the trenches and they're trying to pound the rock, like they, they beat you through the air. You know, they, they beat you with, with a bunch of wide receivers that you probably never heard of before set aside from Smith Schuster and maybe Claypool, but they have a lot of weapons. They have Ebron at the tight end who's kind of coming on a little bit as well. And you know, Big Ben. Um, still playing at a very high level. So they have a lot of weapons that can beat you. And if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you cannot afford to get in a track meet. And you got to slow the game down. you got to control the clock. And you do that, obviously, with James Robinson. You know what's crazy? What's the line in this game? Is it still 10? I have no idea, man. The Steelers uh, favored by 10? I mean, you haven't checked that out yet? No. Nah. No, I always wait till you post it on Friday. Of course you do. Yeah, man. Everybody mostly waits until I do something around here. Uh, <laughs> uh oh, oh, not just passive up. aggressive jab. Not just up here. Uh, twenty-eight to three back in nineteen ninety-six, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Jags. Back in nineteen ninety-five, the Steelers won twenty-four to seven. Uh, they've had a couple, couple of other ones, thirty to fifteen. And I think it was a 30 to 17 game, uh, somewhere in there. But the point I'm getting at is even over the years when the Steelers have won games, mm-hmm. they haven't won by a bundle. Like these games are always close. Uh, really the Jaguars have had the edge of a couple of, of lopsided ones, including, you know, back in 2017 when they won 30 to nine and picked off Big Ben, so, uh, five times. So the line's 10 and a half right now. Yeah. So it, what's interesting is, like, the trends in history says mm-hmm. the Jaguars are going to play the Steelers tough. Uh, you have to go all the way back to 96 to really find, like, a Steelers blowout. Sure. Uh, and it's and that one was, like I said, 28-3. to three. Yeah. So 
It's a fascinating rivalry. It, it really is. I mean, some of the players, you know, Marcel, we're working on a countdown to kickoff and you came up with a, a pretty good idea uh, for our show uh, on Sunday morning before the game. And it, it's if you look at the direction since 17, mm-hmm. obviously, if you put the Jags against the Bills, if you put the Jags against the Steelers, put Jags against anybody since 17, it's, it's gone in an opposite direction. What I think was pretty fascinating about it, though, is the stars that both have lost. Right. You take that 2017 team and you were talking about Le'Veon Bell and you're talking about Antonio Brown. Well, those guys are gone. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Jags have lost some of their stars. Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey along the way. But again, it's something we talk about with the Steelers. They've been able to replenish and you replenish twofold. One, because Mike Tomlin's still clicking on all cylinders and Big Ben Roethlisberger now after the injury has come back and played good football. Yeah, I'm curious to how this game is going to pan out here, because like you said, I mean, history has shown us that these games have been pretty close for the most part, you know, and, and if you go by history and you're trying to put a bet down, one would say, well, hey, I mean, obviously you got to go, uh, you know, take the Jaguars. Why not? I mean, history has shown you that. But here's the problem, though. And I'm not sure how many players on this team, maybe it's just Avery. Was on this team back in 2017? No, there's nah, more than that. Miles, there's Miles yeah. Jack, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. Yeah, I mean, the whole offensive line. I offensive, mean, okay. So, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple guys. But at yeah. the same time, um, there's a couple guys from that Steelers team, too, from 2017 that remember that game. Absolutely. Right. And that's we have a little extra added motivation, a little extra added incentive. So, I'm not saying this game is going to be a blow. I'm not saying it's going to be close. I'm just saying. You got to keep in mind a little bit of the revenge narrative as well. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I mean, look at the guys. Again, just to go off some of the names, we know who the Jags have lost, mm-hmm. right? Um, from Fournette, who actually played very well against the Steelers, to the defensive guys like Ramsey, mm-hmm. uh, like Telvin Smith, mm-hmm. like Calais, like Jan. I think Gibson was pretty good in those games, too. And I think one of the games, um, Barry Church had a nice day. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the defense has been dismantled, mm-hmm. you know, no doubt. But they don't have Le'Veon Bell. They don't have Antonio Bryant. They don't have Martavis Bryant. Is Jesse James still there? I don't think so. Uh, not that. Who was the other? They had Vance McDonald. Too. Yeah, that's McDonald's. And, and McDonald played well in that, that playoff game coming back. Remember, yep. they, they hit him in the second half, if I remember. Uh, but obviously the unfortunate situation with Ryan Shazier. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not the case anymore. They do have some other guys that, that have... Uh, a lot of that defense still around. And yeah, now T.J. Yeah. Watt is better than he's ever been. Well, he was good that year, though, too. If it I, was. Was. I mean, he's he, listen, he's one of the best in the league right now. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, I think because Hayden was there, too, as well. And I think Tua was there. So, I mean, yes. it seems like a, a lot of their um, – that's kind of the difference, right? Well, we, to talk about the core guys from the Jaguars back to 2017, and you can call Leonard Fournette a core guy for sure because yeah, that's he was on, a big yeah. reason why that team was so successful in the first place. Well, we look at the core guys on defense for the Steelers, set aside, I think, from Brian Shazier, and obviously that, that was a horrible incident. Um, set aside from him, everybody else is still there. Yeah, so it's it's pretty wild. By the way, T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. I mean, J.J. Watt gets all the love. Yeah. T.J. Watt is better. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, not yeah. even close. No, not really, no. So it's not close at all. I mean, he's like, where is he in terms of... Like everybody, we talk about defensive players, right? Yeah. You talk about Aaron Donald all the time. You talk about Khalil Mack mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about the Boses. Yeah. Right? Joey and Nick. I was Garrett a lot. I think now yeah, Miles Garrett's been very good. Um, I don't think people talk about TJ Watt. Yeah. I mean, and no, I mean, listen, you see, you talk about him during the game and then you usually sure. get highlight, but yeah. TJ Watt, like, is in 
mm-hmm. I, am I being a little dramatic to put him in that kind of category? Not at all. Um, he is, I mean, listen, and in terms of where does he rank in, in edge rushers right now, you got to put him easily top five, and you might even put him top three And in terms of edge rushers. Um, the, the, the guys, I mean, and this is the thing about him, too. Like, I feel like J.J., when he came on the scene, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like when J.J. Watt came on the scene, it took him, like, maybe a year or two years to really get acclimated and to really make a difference in that Texans defense. I feel like when T.J. Watt got on the scene, it was day one. He was, like, the man. And he's gotten better and better every single year. So, no, I, I don't disagree with you. I think TJ right now is playing at a much higher level than J.J. Watt is. Now, keep in mind, I mean, J.J. Watt has had quite the career in his own yeah, right. Yeah, it's, not, it's, know, just so. to, it's just to put it in perspective. Exactly. Because people think, J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt. Every time we play Houston, right? J.J. Watt, J.J. Sure. Watt. Well, nobody's sitting here this week being, T.J. Watt, T.J. Watt, yeah. T.J. Watt. You should. No, you absolutely should. That's my point. You yeah, should. You absolutely should. Yeah, I mean, the, the Steelers games that I've watched this year, there's been a couple of them. I mean, this guy demands to be seen on film every single game. You know, whether he's making plays in the backfield, whether it's in coverage. Like T.J. Watt can do it all. Um, very great player. Uh, I want to go look at his career numbers, by the way, already. He's just, this is his fourth season. Seven sacks, 13 sacks, 14 and a half sacks, nine sacks through nine games. He yeah. had 43 and a half sacks, man, in 56 he was games. late, too, right? 30th overall pick, I think it was. Man, yeah. I mean, those are kind of numbers. That, that 43 and a half sacks in 56 games is Joey Bosa-esque. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think around 50-plus games, yeah. Bosa was in the 40s in terms of sack. I'm, I'm sure it's probably Khalil Mack-esque. Sure. That's what I'm talking about. And I just don't feel like people talk about He's a game wrecker. Oh, no. He's, listen, and I think the, the, the story looks obviously went to Wisconsin, right? And I think the narrative of T.J. Watt was like, yeah, he's not quite J.J., uh, maybe he's a little un- a little more unathletic than J.J. Watt is, right? I mean, he plays with a motor, things like that. But that's what people like fail to realize sometimes. You know how I always say, like, you have to have the first step. You have to have the first step. Yeah. Like, and, and T.J. Watt obviously has that. But, like, I think even in college, like, it didn't jump off of film. But what did jump on film with T.J. Watt was the motor, was the relentlessness. And once again, like the first step, that's something you can't teach, right? So Pittsburgh, you know, on the clock, they say, well, hey. We can bring this guy in because, you know what, this guy plays hard. He's not going to loaf. He's not going to quit on us. He fits that Steelers mold, and now you see what he's doing. Once again, it's another example. We kind of talked about this the entire week here. It's another example of, you know, teams drafting to what they do well and what they're all about in terms of their identity. And I don't think anybody more on that defense exemplifies the Steelers' motto and the Steelers, you know, their their attributes more than T.J. Watt. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you talk about going to find a guy that does fit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a great fit. Yep. It's a great fit. You know, I'm looking up the numbers now, and I think Bosa's 44 sacks through 58 games. Mm-hmm. T.J. Watt's 43 sacks through 55 games. Khalil Mack, by the way, had 30, 40 and a half sacks through his first 64 games. Hmm. Four seasons. Yeah. So Watt's going to be better than all of them. No, for sure. I mean, he's going to be on pace to be better than all of them. And listen, with all due respect to to Cleo Mack, um, when he got on the scene, though, man, he was so raw, Brent. Like, we've talked about it before. Yeah, I mean, he only like, had four sacks that year. Exactly, because all he had was athleticism. Like, it, it took him a while to learn his pass rush moves and refine them. I think T.J. Watt kind of came on the scene day one and kind of had those under wraps. Wow, how about this? Like, I didn't realize how good. I mean, in year two, 
For J.J. Watt, he had 20 and a half sacks. Year two, year he did. Two. What and by the one? way, year one was a year one, slow. he had five and a half. Okay, so it was just year one two, year. he had 20 and a half. And year four, he had another 20 and a half. Damn. So in his first, again. I, I, it took him two years to get on the scene. Wow, that's 41, insane. 41, 51, 52, 57 sacks in his first 60, uh, am I doing that? 64 games. And keep in mind, too, from a three technique. Well, for the most part, he's playing defensive end as well. But I came up from the three technique. You know what it is about like Joey Bosa to Nick Bosa? What I'm more impressed with than anything else, and, and kind of TJ Watt to JJ Watt. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this with the Mannings, too. It's like when you get a guy like as good as JJ Watt, TJ Watt can get picked 30th overall, and I'm like, that's fine, but he's not going to be JJ Watt. Yeah. Right? Joey Bosa comes in, does so great. You're like, hey, Nick Bosa, you can be the number one overall pick, but you ain't going to be as good as JJ. I mean, Joey Bosa. Yeah. And bam, they might yeah. be better. Yeah. Well, and, then, and you have Derek, too, who plays fullback. I, I, I don't know if he's still about like, listen, if you're going to take a fullback, might as well be a fullback from Wisconsin with the last name Watt. Yeah. You know he's going to be relentless. Poor Derek, he's like Cooper. That's true. Of the Bannings. <laughs> hey, don't make fun of Derek Watt, though, man. He was in the Subway commercials. I, I'm just saying. That, that, that I mean, show, that tag, you, you watch that tag show? <laughs> have, you, have you watched that yes. show? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 Watt brothers. <laughs> Feel free to say no to something. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> when we come back, take a closer look at tonight's game, prize picks time, when we come back at ESPN 690. I'm, I'm down. I'm, it's 32 teams. I've been on this one team for three and three-fourths of a year. And like I said, it ain't been the greatest thing, but it's football, and that's what we're here for. We're here to play football. Uh, we're obviously here to get paid. And like I said, like, like he asked about the money, like I can't, I can't give you the money. I can't really hope for it to come. Honestly, I'm just, I just got to do my part and just let everything play its role. But uh, when it comes to being a Jacksonville, I don't, I'm not a really a party guy or anything. And apparently, Jacksonville doesn't have that. So uh, I feel very good here. I like the warm weather. Hate the cold. Shout out to Green Bay. And um, yeah, like, I like the warm weather. I like being here. I like being a Jaguar. I'd rather be a Jaguar than a Falcon or like a bird. <laughs> you cut out the last part, huh? <laughs> I wasn't sure if he cursed or not. Yeah, he does. I don't know if they covered it up or not, if they beat <laughs> no, they it up. Didn't. So uh, uh, that is Keelan Cole with really just a fantastic soundbite when asked about his future. Um, I appreciate the guys that you can kind of tell don't think about it at all. Yeah. Like just go with the flow. Yeah, yep. I mean, he's like, I, I would think that's hard to do, right? If I'm going on my contract year, mm-hmm. I'm having some success. Yep. I'd be like, hey, let's pile up the success because maybe a four million dollar deal could become an eight million dollar deal, could become a twelve million dollar deal. You know, whatever sure. it might be. Yeah. I have this big, big year, and it just doesn't seem like Keelan thinks that way, which no. is fine, and you appreciate that. He just. And by the way, that I was celebrate that's that. Keelan me? Cole, man. I yeah. mean, he has been like that since he got here. He's he's very kind of chill guy and just mm-hmm. kind of does his thing. And and um, I, it was just a fun soundbite. <laughs> rather, rather be a Jaguar, be a Jaguar <laughs> than a Falcon or like a bird. <laughs> what are the, I mean, what, what are the bird? Like it's a Cardinal, yeah. Seahawks. Yeah, this is Eagle. a bunch. Eagles, Eagles yep. Yeah, Bird is a big time nickname. I know, man. There's a lot of shots being fired yeah, there. Right? Rather yeah. be a Jaguar, but he also he kind of, it was like this weird thing. Like, yeah, if I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. It's like 
and he also takes another shot at Jen. They say there's no parties here. Well, that's oh, fine. I, I don't need to party. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was like it was kind of like he was. By the way, hey, he was punt delivering yeah. and bouncing back. There's delivering. parties here. Yeah, he's he's got to find them. But I get what he's saying. Like, listen, it's not like Miami, that's right. and it's not like Atlanta. But I mean, to me, that's that's kind of cool though too as well. Like, but yeah, I think to me, Q and Cole is just like. I mean, to kind of summarize that in, in one thing and be like, hey, man, regardless, I'm going to get mine. Like, yeah. that, that's what I kind of heard from him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate it. I thought it was really good stuff. All right, Dad. Hey, it's Prize Picks time. Prize yep. Picks dot com and the Prize Picks app. You can see it across the top of your screen. If you're looking on the uh, video feeds on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, the promo code is JAX, J A X. Help them out tonight, Austin Lane. Oh, I don't know. We got a dandy Bra- tonight, help man. Help them out. Kyle okay, Murray, yeah, yeah. You going over under with them? What's, yeah. the, what's well, up? Well, well, listen. I mean, I'll try to help people out, but let's be honest. I had Adam Thielen on the under last time. Yes, you did. And if we know how that turned out, what, four catches? Not bad, but two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. Two tids. Two tids. Two tids. Who's mad about that? Yeah, nope, let's not use that. I'm uh, using it all day. It is what it is. So, yeah, Brent, let's go ahead and help some people out here. Let's go ahead and get that, you know, let's go ahead and get the big entry going here. Um, Kyler Murray, dude. You know how I feel about him, Brent. And I think when you, in terms of rushing yardage as well, you got to go with Kyler Murray here. Go with the over. Come on. Let's have some fun tonight. By the way, the over it's uh, the over under on Kyler Murray tonight is twenty eight. It's a lot. Okay, so that's so, a pretty good amount. But yeah. when he almost rushes for a touchdown every game, correct. And so when you have that, that's a six pointer instead of the four points for passing. Yes, sir. So if you just do the math on that, right? Maybe give him a two, t- three touchdown night, two mm-hmm. passing, one rushing. Well, right there, it's fourteen. Yep. I mean, if he throws for two hundred yards, that's eight more points. That's yeah. two hundred yards. That's yep. it. Yep. So now you're up to twenty two. Uh, and now you start messing around with a run or two, right? Yep. And if he has a 300-yard game, you're almost locked in. So now, here's the bummer, though, right? Because obviously, if it's up to me, I'm going with a full Cardinals stack. I'm going Kyle Murray. Yeah, you I'm going be, Hopkins. You can't do that. But you can't do that, right? Because you can't have a quarterback and then a receiver. So if you want to do a little contrarian pick here and actually use a couple more guys, I would actually take a hard look at Larry Fitzgerald here. Because especially out of the slot, the Seahawks have had, I mean, listen, the Seahawks have had trouble covering every um, aspect of the wide receiver position. But especially Larry Fitzgerald out of that slot, he can get a bunch of receptions. You get one point per reception. I can see Larry Fitzgerald having at least four or five catches tonight. And then you put that on top of the yardage and everything like that. Maybe he finds the end zone. I think Larry Fitzgerald is definitely a shoe-in to be over 8.5. Here's the deal. They spread the ball so much. DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins obviously is getting all the attention. I yeah. feel like this number might be inflated a little bit at it 22. Is. It is. So we'll see. But I'll, the other one is DK Metcalf. I hit on DK Metcalf. I was right last week. Yeah. I played the under on him. Oh, yeah. Because he was, I mean, listen, he had been lighting it up. But yeah. he's going against the Rams and Jalen Ramsey. And, yeah. But now this could be a bounce back game for him. See, I think this is a high scoring affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pricepicks.com, the Price Picks app. Check it out. You can play along. You get two, three, or four different players. You do the overs and unders. And you name the entry. And uh, by the way, if you put the promo code in JAX, J-A-X, you get a 100% match on your deposit up to uh, $100. So this is what we've been doing. been having a blast oh, with yeah, it, having awesome. fun with it. And and you got to kind of figure it out, right? Yeah. You can't think with your head, Austin Lane, well, on well, Kyle well, listen, and, and, I mean, no, think with listen. your head, not with your heart. On oh, the, oh, no, listen. Hey, my head and my heart in the same spot. Okay. Kyle Murray is going to be the MVP. And if he's going to be the MVP, you better go with the over. Prime time, all lights on him. He embraces the, the situation. I am going. I tell you what, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Yes. You know, Seattle was held in check. Yep. Right? I, Seattle's defense isn't very good. Now keep in mind, it's going to be 45 degrees tonight with a little light rain. That's nothing. A little for light Seattle. rain. That's yeah, okay. Yeah, you can do that. I'm going over both the quarterbacks. 
Wow. Okay, so you think Russell Wilson's going to step up now? Oh, heck yeah. You, you don't think he's going to shrink in the spotlight that is Kyler Murray now? Nah, Seattle's okay. going to win the game. Oh, well, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, I got you. So, so you're taking Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson with the overs? Both on the overs, but uh, I do like uh, Hopkins. Are they, are they on defense? Hopkins on defensive guys. And Metcalf over. Defense is a little tricky. Yeah. It's a little tricky. Because <laughs> no one's playing it. I, I took a chance. Roquan Smith, I told you well, that. He went way over. You called it. Yeah. Yeah, he went way over. Yeah. Bobby Wagner, it might be a bad play over. Those okay. linebackers are all over the field, man. Sure. So you can do tackles as well. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Uh, by the way, check it out, prizepicks.com, prizepicks app, promo code JAX, J-A-X. Play along with us. We'll tell you how we did tomorrow on the show. We'll be back. Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690.